Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. With us again today is Ron Kangas. Ron, our last program opened up the matter of the two kinds of light that God brought forth in creation. Maybe we could begin today with a short review of the significance of these two kinds of light. It is a sad fact that a great many genuine children of God grow minimally, if at all, after their rebirth experience. They may increase in knowledge, they may improve their behavior, but they may be far behind in the genuine increase of Christ as life within them. One reason for this is the lack of what we may call, following Brother Lee's exposition of Genesis, the fourth day lights. This is a more solid light, a more intense light. Whereas the light of the first day was the light for rebirth, the light of the fourth day is the light for growth. To be regenerated, we need the divine light. If we are to grow in the divine life we received through regeneration, we need a brighter light, a more intense light, a more solid light. This kind of light is signified by the lights on the fourth day, the sun, the moon, and the stars. I can testify that this is not merely a matter of theology or of Bible interpretation. This is a matter of truth in the genuine experience of Christ's life. The more light we receive, the more the divine life in us grows. So our burden in making this distinction between the two kinds of light, light for birth or rebirth, and light for growth, is that the seeking ones of the Lord would open up to God himself who is light, to let him shine into them as never before, shine a brighter light, a more solid light, so that there may be, as a result, much more growth in life. Thank you, Ron. That was very helpful. Now let's join Witness Lee with today's life study of Genesis. This light, the sun, the moon, and the stars, Genesis 1 tells us, are positioned in the sky, shining over the earth. And their shining will be for four things. Number one, for signing. Number two, for seasons. Number three, for days. Number four, for years. Very meaningful. For signs, the sun, the moon, and the stars. Sun, moon, and stars, all are signs. And these signs are mainly for moving, for movement. You know, in the ancient times, the sailors, they sailed their boat according to the stars. 
and today you drive your car according to the sign. When you see the red sign, stop. When you see the green sign, you go up. So the signs are for movement. One day, the Pharisees plus the Sadducees, they all came to Lord Jesus and asked the Lord to give them a sign that they know how to go on. The Lord said, foolish people, you know the signs in the sky, but you don't know the signs of this time. And I am the sign. Why you don't see that I am the sign? Because you don't have the light. And then you have one big verse that tells you a big sign in the universe. That is Revelation 12.1. There is a sign in the whole universe, a woman with the sun, the moon, all the stars. If you want to know how to move, how to behave, how to act in this universe, surely you have to know this woman. You need a sign. And this sign, never forget, comes from the light on the fourth day. So I say again, you need the fourth day light. Ron, let's take our first break right here. Witness Lee has mentioned the woman in Revelation chapter 12. What is the significance of this woman relevant to our message today? The significance is twofold, I believe. First, this woman is what we may call the universal bright woman. She is standing on the moon. She has stars as a kind of crown, and she herself is clothed with light. So surely this answers in some way, to the reference to the sun, moon, and stars in Genesis 1. The crucial thing, however, is in the word sign. Revelation calls this universal bright woman a great sign in heaven. And in Genesis 1, the fourth day lights, the sun, moon, and stars, we are told, serve as signs. The main purpose of such a sign is to give us direction. If sailors are navigating by the stars, those stars are used by them as signs for their direction. This great sign, this sign of the bright woman, helps to guide us in the way, not according to traditional theology, but in the way according to God's revelation. In a very real sense, God's purpose is to produce a woman. The New Jerusalem is called the wife of the Lamb. That is why we were created. That is why we were redeemed. That is why we are being saved in his life, to be a part of this bright woman who consummates as the New Jerusalem. Seeing this sign has a very practical effect. It guides us in our spiritual life. It shows us God's goal. It shows us something of God's move. It discloses something of what God is endeavoring to accomplish in this universe. I can testify that before I saw this sign, I was aimless, having no idea what God's eternal purpose was. 
But the more I allow my life to be directed by God through this scriptural sign, the more I become clear that God's goal is to produce a bride, a wife, the new Jerusalem. The more our life is lined up with God's goal, and the more our life is directed by the sign that points to God's goal, the more spiritual progress we will make and the more we will grow in life. So to say the least, this sign in Revelation 12 is relevant not only to today's message, it's relevant to our whole Christian life. Thank you for expanding the context of the question, Ron. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. The signs are for moving, and the seasons are for growing. The Lord Jesus in John 4, 35 did say, You say, still four months for harvest. I say, now the harvest is ripe. There is a time to sow, and there is a time to pick up the harvest. These are seasons, and the seasons are for growing. And you have to know, all the seasons are appointed with the months, and the months are decided by the moon. The moon decides the months to appoint the seasons. So here you have the moon. Then every year in the first month, the people had a feast, the feast of Passover. Following that, you have another feast of the unleavened bread the feast of the first fruit and the feast of the uh, seven weeks, that is the Pentecost. These four feasts are in the first half of the year. Then, from the first day of the seventh month, you will have the feast of brewing the tempest. And the tenth day of the seventh month, you will have the feast of atonement. And the fifteenth day of the seventh month, you will have the Feast of Tabernacle. So all these feasts were all the time according to the month. Well, you may say, Brother Lee, those are feasts. Those are not for growing. But I tell you, without growing, you could never have a feast. <laughs> after you harvest, after you reap everything from the field, the Lord says, you have to come together in my presence to enjoy Today, very few Christians do have the feast. They don't have the feast because they don't have the moon. They don't have the full enjoyment of Christ as a feast because they don't have the church. They need the church to appoint to them some seasons to grow some things for some faith. Jeremiah 8, 7. It says, this talk, they know the appointed time. And you have to clean, you have to swallow, they all know their time, the season. But the Lord said, my people, they don't have a season. This is the situation of today's Christians. They don't have any season. So they don't have anything to grow, and they don't have the faith, because they are short of the fourth day life. They are short of mood. They are short of the church. Then, for days, means 
Every day is a new start. Every day you have a sunrise. The days are set by the daily rotation of the earth to bring in new stars every day. And the years are by the yearly revolution of the earth to bring in new beginnings. Hallelujah. Today, we are in Christ and we are in church. We have the moon to appoint feasts or seasons to us. And today we also have the sun to give us days and to give us a year. Ron, there is a very good picture beginning to come together here. The fourth day lights are for signs, seasons, days, and years. And these are all related to growing and produce. Can you apply them to our Christian experience? Seasons, according to the interpretation presented in this message, are especially for growth. Farmers realize this. There's a season for planting. There's a season for growth and development. There is a season for harvesting. The growth leading to a harvest makes possible a feast. In the Old Testament, there were seven annual feasts, times of corporate gathering, times of worship, times of corporate enjoyment with God. To have the feasts, there must be the harvest. To have the harvest, there must be the growth. To have the growth, there must be the seasons. And to have the seasons, there must be the moon, which in function is largely responsible for determining seasons. So to have the moon as one of the fourth-day lights is to have a factor in our Christian life which, on the negative side, delivers us from monotony, the same old ritualistic procedures. And positively, the moon with the seasons ushers us into the way we can experience growth and the harvest and the feasts. We're not talking about a Judaic observation of the Old Testament feasts. Christ is the reality of all the feasts. But so many dear seekers of the Lord have virtually no enjoyment of Christ as the feasts simply because they don't have seasons in their Christian life. Christ is our real feast, but the feast requires a harvest, the harvest requires growth, growth is dependent on seasons, and the seasons are determined by the moon. And according to this interpretation, the moon, which reflects the light of the sun, is the church. So we need the church life, the practical living in the body of Christ, so that we may enjoy Christ as the feast. Then a brief word on days. In God's creation, there is not only a monthly cycle, a yearly cycle, a weekly cycle, but a daily cycle, indicating that in the Christian life, we should have a new beginning, a new revival with the Lord every day. I am glad that human life doesn't consist of one or two 
very long days. I am so pleased that in God's creation, I can get up early in the morning and have a new start humanly and spiritually, being refreshed, being revived, receiving fresh mercy from the God of mercy. So we need a new day, a new beginning, a new touch, a new turn, a new revival, a new opportunity to go on with the Lord day by day. Paul tells us that we are being renewed day by day. He surely knew the fourth day lights as factors that gave him not only seasons, but also days. Every day is another opportunity to gain more of Christ as life for the satisfaction of the heart's desire of God. Let's return to Witness Lee for our final portion. You know, when the people of Israel, they got out of Egypt, the Lord told them that was the beginning of a new year. When you got saved, that was your new year. That was the year of your birth. Hallelujah. Christ is the Son today. Day by day would give us a new start. And year after year would give us a big, big beginning. Then listen, Genesis 8, 13 tells us Noah got back to the new land on the first day of the first month. <laughs> new start. Then Exodus 40, 1 and 17 tell us that the tabernacle was erected on the first day of the first month. A new start. Then, Second Chronicles 29 and 17 and Ezekiel 45, 18 both tell us that the people cleansed, sanctified God's temple on the first day of the month. Not only so, Ezra 7, 9 tells us the return was started from Babylon on the first day of the first month. Every Christian, there's the need of these four starts. You need to get on the new land. You need to reserve God's tabernacle. You need to cleanse God's temple. And you need to come back from the captivity. All these things are new starts in your Christian life. Well, Ron, in this last section, I thought these four starts were very, very interesting. Witness Lee pointed out that every believer needs to experience these four starts in their Christian life. Can you develop this for us? In our Christian life, we should have at least four kinds of starts. One is signified by the new start that Noah had when he emerged from the ark after the flood, virtually a new creation. So we need to have a new start in a new realm through Christ as our saving ark. In him we pass through God's judgment, and in him we are brought into the realm of God's new creation. The second start has to do with the tabernacle as God's dwelling place. Unfortunately, many Christians never have this start, in which they realize that God's desire is to build up the church as his dwelling place. And when they are brought into such a realization, 
It's a brand new beginning in the Christian life. The third new start has to do with the cleansing of God's dwelling place. This may be a time of personal renewal, of personal purging, or it may be a time corporately of experiencing the Lord's going on in the process of building up the church as the house of God. And the fourth new start was the new start of God's people in returning from captivity in Babylon to Jerusalem, the God-chosen ground of oneness. We may be so accustomed to division that we take it for granted, but once the Lord opens our eyes to see the oneness of the body of Christ, we have the sense, I have just made a revolutionary change. This is now the first day of the first year of a whole new stage in my Christian life. These are at least some suggestions of how we may apply these four starts to our actual and practical Christian life. Thank you, Ron. It seems that, again, a principle is, on an individual basis, we will be somewhat limited in our progression into life. Is that right? The life we have received is actually not the life of an individual member. The life we have received is the life which is Christ in the body of Christ. Consider your physical body. Does your right thumb have a life of its own and your left big toe has a life of its own? This is ridiculous. And the life that we have, the eternal life, the life of God, is by its nature a corporate life. Because it's corporate by nature, in order for it to grow normally, we need light directly from Christ as the sun. But we also need light indirectly through the church as the moon and the bright shining stars the living, vital saints in the churches. So I can testify again that the Lord's way is balanced. Day by day, especially in the morning, I need to come to him and open to him as my sun, even as my day star, to revive me. But during the day, especially at the end of the day, there's this need to gather with the people of God to enjoy the corporate life, not just once a week, but even day by day, and not just in large meetings, but in so many vital small meetings, as was practiced in Acts 2. I have a lot of feeling about this, because more and more we're beginning to realize this is what we were created for and saved for and regenerated for, to grow in life as members of the body of Christ. This is God's goal. Remember that universal bright woman directing our path. God's goal is not to have you, not to have me as an individual believer. God's goal is the body of Christ, which will consummate as the new Jerusalem. Oh, that the Lord's people, especially those who love him and seek him and hunger and thirst for him, will allow the God they love to make his goal their goal. When this happens, we take a quantum leap in the Christian life 
We are under the shining of the fourth day lights, and we grow in life more than we ever expected, because now we are growing not as isolated individuals. We are growing in, through, and for the body of Christ, and we are growing in Christ for God's goal, the New Jerusalem. God had this in mind when He was writing Genesis one. May we have this in mind as we are studying Genesis one. May we all join in a collective and corporate amen. Amen. You have been listening to the life study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call one eight 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 Life Study. That's eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight, or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box twenty one twenty one, Anaheim, California nine two eight one four. You can also send us email at radio at lsm dot org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm dot org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this life study of Genesis. Then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org, free of charge.